Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Season 2 of Welfare, the weekly running podcast with me, Amy Lane. There's a common misconception when it comes to running. People think that you need to run in order to get fit, but so many of the trainers I've worked with say that it's the other way around. You actually need to get fit and strong to reach your running potential. F45 champion this belief with their no-ego functional full-body workouts, which can support a runner's training regime. As a regular F45 goer at my local studio in Peckham, I'm so happy to partner with these guys. Head to www.f45training.com forward slash welfare to learn more about F45 and how they can help support your training too. Hi team, welcome back to Welfare, the running podcast with me, Amy Lane. Last week we covered gut health with the wonderful and so insightful Dr. Megan Rossi. Today we're going to do a deep dive into running well and how you guys can pick up the pace in your running journey. Your expert is Saucony UK athlete Charlotte Arter. She holds the record for the fastest female park run and is the Welsh female half marathon record holder. At the end of the show, I have a yoga teacher who's made the biggest impact on my life. It's my mum. Yep, that's right. My mum is going to lead you through a cool down stretch this week. Right then, let's get on with this week's news you can use. If you haven't yet decided on what race to run in 2020, then data on the world's best marathons might sway your decision. A new study by the Soul Supplier ranked the world's best and worst marathons by using data on air pollution, race times, entry fees and more. Sadly, London Marathon only came in at 11, while Germany's Hasper Marathon scooped the winning spot. New York came in at 52. If you like to use races as a way to see the world, essentially going on a runcation, it might be worth checking out the rankings before you book. Now, let's get on with today's shout out. I've been following the journey of Lucy, aka Bath Runner, on Instagram. She's been sharing her journey for training for Bath Marathon and her posts always bring a smile. Whether it's her bemused post-run selfies or talking about kids climbing on her whilst doing a strength session, her account is a comforting feed of balancing life with training. Today I'm in the studio with the UK's fastest female park run runner and Saucony UK athlete, Charlotte Arter. Welcome, Charlotte. Thanks for having me. So it's been quite a journey for you, hasn't it? You have gone from being somebody who apparently couldn't run that well at school to becoming the UK's fastest female park run runner as one of your accolades. Yeah, it's been it's been a long journey, I guess. Um, I left school in 2009 and, you know, 10 years later, I've kind of got to this level. So I'm excited to be competing at the level I am now. And can you give us a bit of a run through of your running achievements so far? Because I know that park run time is only one of them. There has been many. Yeah, so um, I kind of progressed from school level, um, doing lots of different sports. And it was really in 2016, at the age of 25, that I kind of had a breakthrough year. And that was my first time representing Great Britain. So I always will remember that race really clearly. And obviously getting your first Great Britain vest is a huge honour. Last year and this year really have, I guess, been the biggest years. Um 
last year became British 10,000 metre champion. That was a, that was a big achievement um, and probably my best on the track so far. And what was that time? I ran 32.15. <laughs> that is just mind-blowing. So, yeah, no, it was, it, was, um, it was a big PB on the track and yeah, I kind of was going in in good shape but didn't quite think I'd get the win and then the time was, was a huge bonus and it was actually a, time for the, a qualifying time for the European um, Championships on the track but unfortunately picked up an, an injury just prior to the Championship so I got the qualifying but didn't quite get the icing on the cake to, to represent Great Britain at the Championships but I'm hoping there's more, more to come over the next few years. So yeah, that was a fantastic event. That was at Highgate, um, which is the night of the 10,000 metre PB. Some some of the listeners might know of. Even even race there, I've come watched it and it's, it's a fantastic race. I also represented Great Britain at the European Cross Country Championships last year. I was lucky enough to stand on the podium with the, with the senior women's team and get that gold medal. So that was a, a great achievement. And then of course there was Barcelona Half Marathon um, last year, which is in February. Uh, where I ran a huge PB um, in 69.40, which was a Welsh record. And I think it was top 10 on the UK all time. So that was that was my best performance over the half marathon and hopefully can go back 2020 in February and um, improve that time. And then obviously the park run was um, <laughs> took, took, a, took me by surprise really and kind of pretty cool to have my name as the fastest park runner in the world. <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to go back sometime and try and take another chunk of it. <laughs> There's just been no stopping you now. Like Nobody can hold you back. Can we go back to, so how did you go from being just somebody who ran during your school days to going, actually, I've got real potential here. Like, do you remember that moment? Uh, I think it was really gradual. I think I, a lot of athletes are really successful with juniors and then sometimes it's hard to make that transition up to senior. And I think not being a particularly talented junior like I had great fun representing I grew up in Cumbria so I represented Cumbria at all the English schools events and never had great success I think my best position was eighth at the English schools track but cross country sometimes wasn't breaking in the top, the top 100 so taking it slow and gradual and just kind of progressing as the years go on I think's like helped me now um so I think I guess at 18 when I went to university that's when I just concentrated on running and James Thee at Cardiff Met took me from a 440, 1500 metre runner down to 418. And I started out as a 1500 metre runner and, and gradually got up in distance. And I was lucky enough then to be given a sports scholarship to the University of New Mexico, where I had a fantastic couple of years living the life pretty much as a full time athlete. We had like two classes a week, it was pretty chilled. So, um, <laughs> and um, Albuquerque was great. I don't know whether anyone's watched Breaking Bad, but that's pretty much where, where I was based. And we had 300 and whatever days of sunshine and it was it was great fun and I think that helped progress me again going from from university to I guess at 21 you're a little bit more um like mature and know a little bit more what training works for you and I think the environment out there helped me progress and it was when I got back from America that's when I got my first GB vest. I was going to ask what do you think has made the biggest difference to your speed? I think it's consistency really I think you know the last couple of years we've just been gradually working on different things moving forward and I think the consistency of that has now is now starting to pay dividends so I'm a huge believer that you know trying to get into a good routine throughout the weeks you know there's no point training for a couple of weeks and then having having a few weeks where you don't get much in I think consistency is really really important and I think we've just got to 
really understand what type of athlete I am and what works for me and what doesn't work for me. And I think it's now just kind of all coming together. And So throughout the year, you run um, different distances. Do you adapt your training in the lead up to those races or is it a case of that you have a set training plan all year round? Yeah, I guess it's a, it is an all all year round sport, really. Especially if you're doing the different disciplines of cross country, road, and track. You know, you have very li- very little time off. So, um, I guess it does change throughout the winters. Much more strength and mileage, just to to get a really good base then for for the year ahead. So, I, for instance, now over you know I've had we kind of got to the end of cross country now, and I've got like a big mileage block, you know, over Christmas to 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 re get that strength and. Then I guess throughout the summer it becomes a little bit more speed work and a little bit more specific to the 5k, 10k, which is what I'll be doing on the track in the summer. But on the grand scheme of things, it doesn't change massively. The all the easy running and the, and the miles are put in throughout the year, and and the gym work doesn't stop. I guess we just get a little bit more race specific for five and ten in the summer. Let's talk about 5k. I think 5k is a distance which a lot of the welfare listeners are quite comfortable with. And so how do you approach training for the 5k? I know it's very different because you're an elite athlete. But when you are trying to get faster over your 5k, is there anything you do specifically to make that happen? variety of training is really important to improve your 5k I think if you haven't got much time to to go out and get training in rather than just going out for a run it's far more beneficial to get a little bit of speed work in there and that can range from anything from going out for a run and within that run doing 10 one minute quicker run quicker sprints within that run or it could be you know a little bit more specific where you're doing like six by two minutes with 90 seconds recovery for me I think it was just I came from a 1500 meter background so I've kind of even though my speed I feel has maybe dwindled a little bit but I think that's you've got to have some speed for for your 5k but then you can't take away you know you obviously need the endurance as well so it's it's a balancing act but I think if you are short for time at least one of your runs a week should incorporate a bit of speed work whether as I say whether it's doing some minute reps in your run or using landmarks such as lampposts and things like that just to add a bit of variety to your training and kind of getting some speed work in because it doesn't have to be super technical does it 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 can just be quite basic it's like running I was running between trees yesterday (laughs) (laughs) and because I didn't realize until somebody said to me well to run faster you need to run faster at times and I was like oh because years ago I'd just go out and run the same route yeah I think that's the thing I think it's so easy just to go out that out the door and, and go and do your usual route and I think mixing things up even if it's as I say just once or twice a week you're just doing something a little bit different um just running quicker so that you've got that speed then for when you're for when you're doing your 5k how did you get comfortable with like the discomfort of it because it's that it is tough isn't it those speed sessions yeah 5k is a, a tricky one isn't it you've got to have the speed and the endurance to to really run a good 5k and and it is painful but I guess the the fitter you get and the stronger you get and the quicker you get the the easier it will become and um hopefully just I guess when I get if I'm really struggling in a, in a race or training and I feel like my breathing's going I just kind of count the steps to try and relax my breathing a little bit and just kind of take my mind off the pain it's just you've got to play a bit of mind tricks with you with you with your brain I think sometimes and try and find something that can help you relax and, and try and get through that pain barrier so do you literally go one two one two one. I mean I'm not counting out that but in, in my, my head, head yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not wasting any energy, uh, uh, counting out loud, but yeah, just all in, all in my head. 
And how about a 10K? When you've been training for those massive wins and those amazing speeds that you've done, what has your kind of your 10K training week looked like? To run a good 10K, you need to be able to run a good 5K. But I guess the thing you need with 10K is a little bit more endurance base behind you. So it'll just be slightly longer reps. Throughout the winter, we were doing quite a lot of K reps. So it'd be like 10 by 1K with 60 seconds recovery. But Ooh. that's just keeping them, it's not flat out each K, it's it's trying to keep it controlled and each one's like the same pace so you don't go out too quick and then it's by the end you're, you know, you're running 10 seconds slower rep. It's just being able to churn them out at the same pace each each time. And some hill work as well for strength, so like one minute reps up hills, that's pretty brutal. But again, that's it's all like strength to help you hope through that 10k do you use um a watch at all in your in your training yeah so um i just use a a standard gps watch but i think you can come a bit of a slave to a watch really and i think it's quite important just to run to feel as well i think the watch is useful to to give you an idea of pace and things but i think you learn a lot just through running to feel so maybe sometimes if you are feel like you might be a bit of a slave to watch maybe just take your watch off and just wear a normal stopwatch and just go run for you know half an hour 40 minutes and and just run to feel I think if you didn't have it on you might be feeling perfectly comfortable at that pace and you you might find you run quicker without one um than with one but again it's just I guess individual preference I just try and try and run to feel more than anything really and do you when you say run to feel is that you just is that like you judging your effort level so is it like oh this feels like an eight out of ten yeah, sort of. I guess just on your your easy runs, you should be able to just hold a conversation with someone and it should just feel nice and nice and relaxed and you're not pushing the pace. But you can't run hard every day. And I think some people might just go out on every run and try and run as quick as possible. And I think it's very important to keep your easy days easy and your hard days hard. We're only human, we're not machines, and you just can't run hard every day. And it's, I think sometimes it's just you just got to listen to your body. And if you're tired, you just run slow that day and maybe push your session to the, to the next day. And I think just using a bit of common sense and how you feel, I think, goes quite a long way. How do you keep yourself from sprinting off on those easy runs? Is it is it because you actually, like you've just said, you're like, I know the purpose of every run. So if something's programmed to be easy... I know that I need to do it easy so that I can do the rest of the week hard. Or do you still struggle? Like when you go out on an easy run, are you like you just want to go? I think I'm so used to it now that an easy run, I just literally go out the door and I could be running super slow for the first mile. It just really doesn't matter. I just kind of go out on those easy days. And I only do two sessions a week on a Tuesday and a Friday. Um, and those are like those are my hard days. But all the other days are just easy running. And OK, some days I might be going and doing seven miles in the morning and seven miles in the evening. But those runs are easy and I should be able to have a conversation with someone the entire way so okay it's a lot of miles in in one day but it's not stressing my body so that I'm ready then for for the next day on Tuesday that is you know a hard day where you know I am pretty knackered by the end of that day but then you have Wednesday Thursday to recover again before the next hard effort and and that's just kind of the cycle that we're working on. What we haven't spoken about is what a training week looks like and also what you do specifically in the gym to make those runs easier, faster, all of the things. Tuesday and Friday are my session days. Um, and on those days, I do a gym session. So I'll do my session in the morning and then grab a bite to eat and then go in the gym. So in the gym, I'm not lifting any crazy weights. It's more doing a lot of single leg strength work. Um, so working the glutes, hamstrings and quads, doing single leg squats, single leg step ups, single leg RDLs, things like that. Just But just with dumbbell weights, just much more. As a runner, you're doing, you know, every step you're on, on your single legs. So you've got to be able to have that single leg strength. 
And we do quite a lot of core and um, still do some upper body strength, so some press-ups and pull-ups, so I guess the standard two exercises that we do in those gym sessions. And then throughout the week, just try and fit in some other kind of core and glute exercises. As I say, it's really important um, to have a strong core and and glutes so to help um, with injury prevention and things so if you can fit in throughout a week you know a couple of 10-15 minutes of, of core just basic things you can find on, online and things and just to, to help keep you a bit more of a robust athlete I'm learning for myself what what works for me as an athlete and and I think that's just really helped me you know I think progress to where I've got to is that I just understand a little bit more why we're doing each session and I think that works for everyone listening in as well. Like when you get a training plan, mm. do some time and like look at look at your different sessions and then understand the purpose of them. Because then I remember when I first started training for my first marathon and I kind of just I got given this plan and I just started doing it without actually sitting and going, right, what do these all mean? And then suddenly, like a few weeks in, like I realised that actually on the first week I dropped a speed session. On the second week, I dropped a random long run. And it was like there was no like consistency with what mm. I was doing so yeah and then when somebody said to me no you like you need your speed sessions if you want to pick up the pace but you can't drop your long runs because you need the base miles yeah I think because going back to like consistency and routine I think it doesn't need to be complicated and if you can establish in your week what days you can fit in you know just easy running and maybe one or two sessions a week if you can just get into a routine where you're doing that each week then I think that'll help you progress in the in the right areas do you have any running rituals or any race rituals? No, not really. I'm not really that superstitious of how many rituals, I guess. I try not to, to be honest, because if you're racing abroad or racing in a different um, environment that you're not used to, I think it can sometimes, it would stress you out if you had to, had to have to do something really mm. specific. So no, I feel like I'm quite chilled with it. I mean, I do the same warm up and the same drills and roughly the same food that I eat building up to a race, but nothing really specific. You just mentioned warm-up and drills. What does your warm-up look like? What do you do before every run? Okay, so before an easy run, just do a, a five, ten minutes of foam rolling and just kind of get the body and do a little bit of stretching. And then I just have a glute activation circuit, which I do with bands. Again, it's like a couple of minutes just to... Then when I step out of the door to go and run, you're firing up your glutes to so that you're running, I guess, more efficiently. So I, I do that little routine just before each run. I do some drills, improving my economy because over 10,000 metres, the more economic you can be, that could be a second a lap um, when you're trying to trying to chase those marginal gains, I guess, in PBs. Can you just quickly explain what running economy is for everyone listening in? So I guess it's trying to uh, minimise the amount of excess energy that you take for each stride. So it's just trying to be as economic as possible so you're moving in the most efficient direction moving forward and not not wasting energy try and move as quickly as possible <laughs> so over the longer distances um economy becomes really important and we're just trying to do some more drills to to try and um and help improve that economy and all it's all about bringing my coaches probably be able to give a far more scientific explanation but it's all about trying to bring the heel up up to your to your glutes so that you're trying to be as in like a circular motion um with with your legs so it's we do things like double footed running drills and then some single footed ones as well um so it's just like five ten minutes and then do some strides and then and then the session begins if you want to get fitter and faster without adding more impact to your week then let me recommend that you check out the strengthening classes over at f45 the sponsor of today's show by building a stronger more stable body you can help prevent injuries further down the line 
Thanks, F45. And when you finish your session. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What's the first thing you do afterwards? Uh, so first thing is normally drink and grab, and grab a banana straight after the session. And then I'll go and do like an easy cool down and then make sure you refuel properly after that. And then later on in the day, I'll do some foam rolling and stretching normally at the end of the day. Just try and keep everything, any injuries or anything at bay. You just mentioned fueling. How important is nutrition for your progress in your running? I try and eat a really balanced diet, but I have no restrictions if I want a bit of cake or if I want a glass of wine, you know, I have a great enjoyment of food. And I think, you know, there's no point in restricting it or doing anything like that. You've got to have a balanced diet and fuel really, really well before and afterwards. What's your gold standard breakfast? It is porridge, um, porridge with honey and some and some fruit and seeds. And that is what I have before, well, pretty much breakfast every day, really, like before running and, and on, on competition days. You can't knock porridge. No. <laughs> I genuinely look forward to porridge season every year. Yeah. I'm like, it's easy, it's filling. Absolutely. <laughs> so Charlotte, we've just heard about what you ate on those days when you've won all the medals. Now let's talk about the actual winning of them. And the one which I think welfare listeners can relate to the most is obviously the park run. Do you have any advice for people trying to race a park run? So essentially beating their own time. The more 5Ks you can do, the more you kind of get to understand what how racing it or running it best suits you. So sometimes you might find that you go out quicker one time and see if you can maintain, might be a, maybe a bit of an optimistic pace, but see if you can maintain it, you know, with the whole buzz of running with lots of people, you might be able to maintain it longer than you, longer than you think. But then equally, you can maybe try going off a little bit steady and then trying to build as the as the run goes on so I think trying different techniques of actually on the day um how it best suits you is quite a good way what's yours are you allowed to share oh I just try and I just go out hard and try and hang, <laughs> try and hang on for as long as possible um I, I normally I probably normally do slow a little bit and, and the, probably like that, that fourth k I think is the is the hardest bit because you can get out feeling relatively comfortable over the, f- the first well, the one and two K and then it's about maintaining it through to three K. But I always find that fourth K just the hardest because you think, oh gosh, I still got two K to go. But I think sometimes you just got to think oh, mentally, I think, oh, I just think you just got to get through this and then you've got one K to go and then, you- and then you're done or try and think it's a little bit shorter than it actually is. I don't know, you've got to sometimes play some mind games. But yeah, that fourth K, I think it's just about gritting it out and trying to maintain that pace because you'll always have that little bit extra I think over the last bit do you ever focus during that time say on like pumping your arms or is there like something that you do to like help you push through it no I'd say it's just kind of try and just keep moving as efficiently as possible and yeah if I say really struggling I'll start counting my steps but I think having cues like that you know pump your arms you know relax or having these little cues can sometimes help just concentrate through those harder patches I remember when I ran Paris Marathon last year and um, I 
went out and I was just I was running far too fast but I did what you said I just thought I'm just going to keep I'm just going to go at this pace <laughs> and see how long I can hold on for because I ran my husband at 15 kilometers and I was like I'm flying <laughs> I'm definitely not going to be able to keep it up I'm just going to keep going for as long as possible and then if I walk I walk and the reality was being in that environment and the crowds and everyone running that fast around me, I kept up the pace the whole the whole way nearly. Yeah, um, I think the the great thing about you know participating in all these all these running events is that there's always so many people around you and having a you know if you can see someone twenty meters in front of you, using them as a marker to help you know keep picking people off as you say like through the groups then I think that's also a huge huge help. I think what you've just said there about the mind games and the counting the steps and having that type of stuff in your arsenal is really transformative I think in running. Is there anything else that you'd suggest that people can do for race days or anything to do with like race prep or kit or anything like that for picking up the pace? There are flats that um, people wear for races so I wear the Saucony Type A flats which are a lightweight lighter than your trainers that you train in and obviously when you're trying to get those seconds off your PB having a slightly lighter shoe for racing is obviously going to be beneficial but not something that you wear all the time for training. Um, Training you just need to get yourself um, a good pair of trainers. I absolutely love the Saucony Ride um, ISO 2. They're the ones that I do all my mileage in and um, just you know I'm doing 80 odd miles a week in those and then I use my my flats for the sessions and races but I think if you really want to um take off those a couple of seconds having a lighter racing shoe um is definitely going to be beneficial on race day one of the other team GB athletes was telling me that she wears her trainers around the house for two weeks before going out on a run in them to stop blisters do you do anything like that no I uh, yeah if I was wearing you know I just literally say I wear the the Saucony rides and that's what I wear all the time so no as soon as I puff on a new pair from a box I just go straight out on them <laughs> amazing so Charlotte to round up this amazing chat which we've had I'd love for you to just share one last tip with the Wellfire listeners what's the one thing that you'd suggest that they can do this year to improve their running um, as I say, we've already touched on the consistency and variety in your training, but I think the power of running with people and if you can join a local running group, whether that's someone at work who you could go out with at lunchtime to whether it's a, a local running group that you can go and join, I think having somewhere and someone that you have to meet up with on a regular basis can help with motivation, especially through these winter months when it's dark in the morning and dark in the evening. I think also setting goals is a huge thing and having races lined up throughout the year where you've got a goal to work to can also really help you with your training and racing results. And where are you racing next? Uh, so I've got a, a bit of a block now, a training block over Christmas um, and my next race is in Valencia in January. Um, so I'm doing the Valencia 10k, I think it's on the 12th of January. Amazing. So we will all check in with you on that day and be cheering you on. Would you just share your social handles with the listeners so they can follow you? Yeah. So Instagram, I'm artac91 and Twitter, Charlotte Arter. Amazing. Thanks so much, Charlotte, for coming in. Hi, my name's Yasmin Fatori and I run a yoga business with my partner, David. And today I'd like to take you through a guided yoga flow that will help to energize and also to center you and to help you enjoy your day. So just roll out your mat, kick your shoes off and take a deep breath. And as you exhale, 
Bring your body down onto the mat and we're going to sit in easy cross-leg pose known as Sukhasana. As you bring your hands to prayer at heart centre, let's set our intention. May your practice connect you to your mind, your body and your breath, giving everything you need to make it a wonderful day. Remember, it doesn't have to be perfect, just enjoy it. Begin to settle into the flow of your breath. You can close your eyes or have a soft eye gaze known as drishti in yoga. Inhaling up from the ground into your heart. And as you exhale, maybe a soft sigh to ground yourself a little more. Maybe there are still little visuals of the run that you had. Little pictures, photographs still floating through your mind. And take these as inspiration to your flow. Maybe you looked up at the sky as you ran, or you saw a beautiful tree shedding its leaves. A beautiful tree that will expand into blossom in the spring. Notice these things as you breathe and run, and bring the memories back through your flow. And a soft sigh. We're going to begin with seated cat-cow, resting your hands softly on your knees, Relax the head and shoulders, your face and jaw. As you inhale, breathe forward into the front of the heart. And as you exhale, round into the back of the heart and pause. And again, inhale to breathe forwards, as though you're uplifting and smiling with your collarbones. And exhale as you round into the back of the heart. And then centre, shoulders over hips. Relax your head to one side then the other and feel your spine lengthening all the way to the top of your neck. And change the leg that's in front. Just have a little rock from sit bone to sit bone as we begin our C-shaping to breathe into the side of the body. Bring one arm up and overhead and let the upper arm relax into the ear and your eye gaze can be down or uplifted and feel the breath travel into the side of your ribs. Take a nice long inhalation and as you exhale, softly C-shape to the other side, letting the body release as the other arm lifts overhead and the other hand relaxes down into the floor, breathing into the side of the body. Take an in-breath to lift and once more as you exhale, take the hands to rest lightly on your knees and pause. Remember, your flow is for you. Gently sweep the legs around and we're going to ease the body into child's pose. A gentle pose that calms the mind and helps to release stress and fatigue. Separate your knees and widen your hips as you drop your sit bones, the buttocks to your heels and lay your body between your thighs, keeping your arms long, palms facing down. Ease your forehead to the floor and allow all the tension in your shoulders, your arms and your neck to simply melt away and send the breath to the back of your body. Inhaling and maybe a soft sigh as you exhale. And one more inhale. And softly exhale. As you ease out of child's pose, bring the body into four pillars. 
placing the hands under the shoulders, the knees under the hips, and lengthen from the back of the neck into your tailbone. Feeling your strength through both hands, through both knees, arms and legs. The core gently engaged as the belly button softly presses into the spine. We're going into pointer dog. The right arm goes forwards and the left leg goes back. Inhale to lift, so the thumb's in line with the shoulder, the big toe is in line with the hip. And as you exhale, just lengthen them away from each other. Feel your core begin to warm a little more. And exhale to release down, maybe have a little shake through the head, through the tailbone, wagging the puppy dog tail. And point a dog the other side. Left arm lengthens, right leg lengthens. Thumb on top. And lift and breathe into your new core strength. And exhale, releasing, wag the puppy dog tail, release your neck, face jaw, as you tuck the toes under, and lift into downward dog. Maybe a little massage with the soles of the feet, as remember that our energy comes up from the soles of the feet through the spine into the crown of the head. And then send a breath of gratitude to your feet for all the steps on your run today. Lifting the right leg, we lift into three-legged dog, making sure that the shoulders stay square and the head stays softly nestled between the upper arms. Take your eye gaze forward and invite the right foot to come through. Give it a help at hand if it needs it. And check you have knee ankle alignment as you place the left knee on the floor and release the top of the foot long into the ground. Taking an in-breath, breathe the arms overhead. Take your eye gaze up and imagining you're looking at the sky once more. And as you exhale, softly sigh the hips forwards. And then relax through neck, shoulder, jaw and the hands come underneath the shoulders. We're going to go into the half-kneeling splits. A beautiful stretch for runners to lengthen the hamstrings and also strengthen the front of your thighs. So gently rock the hips back, straightening the right leg just as much as you want to, keeping a soft knee, but keeping the chest lifted and the core strong. And just feel new length through the back of your Achilles, your calf, your thigh. And then rock the toes back down. Step your right leg back into a plank. So this can be on knees or on toes, but keep the shoulders widened down, keep the belly strong, and imagine you're pressing the soles of your feet and your heels towards an invisible wall. And again, take a breath of gratitude for the strength that you showed through your run today. As you exhale, allow the knees to drop back and return to child pose. Just easing the sit bones to the heels, allowing the heart to melt down towards the floor. Take a recovery breath, inhale. And exhale a soft sigh. Rocking forwards once more, we're going to lift into downward dog and we're going to take our flow on the left side. So allow your left leg to float up, drifting behind you, keeping the shoulders square. Eye gaze forward and step your left foot through. Give it a helping hand if you need. Checking your knee ankle alignment. Take an in-breath and lift the arms overhead. Eye gaze travels to the tip of your fingers. The heart is lifted. And as you exhale, bring the hands back under the shoulders for half splits. 
gently rocking the hips back and lengthening through the back of the left leg. To the heel, the Achilles, the calf, the back of the knee, the back of the thigh. And roll the toes back down. Stepping your left leg back into plank, stack your hands under your shoulders, lengthen the neck. And if you wish, lift the knees, pressing the feet back against that invisible wall of strength. And sighing back into downward dog. Maybe a little deeper. As you roll the spine up into downward dog, feel the belly connect to the base of the spine and flare your hips a little more. Let's walk the dog, pressing one foot down then the other, allowing the other knee to bend, maybe rolling to the side edges of your feet, a gentle twist. And pause once more as you realign. As your eye gaze travels forward to the front edge of your mat, Allow the feet to walk with you, taking you on a slow journey this time, mindful of each downward dog step until you land at the front edge of your mat. As you take opposite hand to elbow, this will help you to set your foot distance that should be about hip distance apart. And sigh once more with lots of knee bend. Allow the rib cage to rest on the front of your thighs and take a moment What are you holding on to that you could now let go of? Maybe you've had negative thoughts about the time on your run, your distance, and just let these melt away. The fact is that you actually got out there. You allowed yourself your time. Enjoy the heartbeats. Enjoy the breath. Embrace the challenge and then let it go. As you release the hands from the elbows, give the arms a gentle shake out. And engaging the belly button to spine, roll the body up to standing into mountain pose. Roll the shoulders back and down so that you stand proud in the essence of yourself. Take your hands behind and have a gentle back bend as you lace the fingers and again smile with your collarbones up to the sky. Whatever else your day has in store, Affirm the potential that every day is a new beginning. As you release the hands, bring them to heart centre. And as you press the palms together, feel the warmth. And I'd like to leave you with a little quote today. Yoga does not transform the way we see things. It transforms the one who sees. BKS Iyengar. As you bow your head to your heart, you bring the namaste to yourself as you respect the light within. Okay, yogis, I hope you enjoyed today's flow. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about the yoga that I teach with my partner, David, then you can find us on Yoga with Yasmin at Facebook. And if you're ever in the Wiltshire area, we would love to welcome you to one of our classes. Namaste, yogis. Okay, guys, you've heard this a million times, but please, please, please do rate, review and subscribe to this show if you liked it. It really does help other runners in need of some help find the show and join our community too. Don't forget to use hashtag welfare on all your IG posts because I love seeing them, especially when I can't be bothered to run. It gives me that motivation I need. Before I go, I just want to say a final shout out to F45 for supporting my mission of helping you guys get well fit so you can run welfare. 
I genuinely couldn't have done this season without them. Head to f45training.com forward slash wildfire to join a global fitness community like no other.